Welcome to CoinGeek Conversations, and many thanks to Natalie Mason for hosting the show for the past four weeks. Well, this is the start of our new season, and appropriately enough, my first guest is at the cutting edge of Bitcoin SV Utility. His company works with well-established businesses to offer a service that uses blockchain to streamline a part of everyday working life. I'm talking about invoicing, but that's just the start of his ambitions. The company is called Invoice Mate, and he gives himself the job title of Chief Mate. He's Mohammed Salman Anjum. Welcome to the show, Mohammed. Thank you very much, Charles, for having me, and hello to everyone. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. Can I start by asking you how far you've got with Invoice Mate? Because at the CoinGeek conference in Zurich, you announced some clients who were going to be the first customers who are actually going to be using the software. So how's that going? Has it actually started yet? So by august onwards we started the development part before that we were in the design phase and we were doing some requirements gathering of from different doing some, our own research by june as you mentioned that we were we got to uh, close to signing the first clients and we did and now uh, we are now applying um, implementing the invoice made for three of the organizations which we signed in the month of june so that is uh, like for us, even I believe it's a surprisingly uh, good growth and uh, whatever we have achieved till now, we believe now is the time that now we are in the takeoff stage, it will be far more rapid than this one. So three clients are on board, they are implementing it in this month and we, soon I think in next like few more weeks, we will be having a fourth one as well. I should add on this point that we still have not commercially launched uh, we are planning to launch it sometime in the mid of uh, Q4 of 2021. So if when if like before the launch, we were able to like uh, sign and deploy InvoiceMate to four of the commercial uh, clients. I thought what was impressive uh, that you announced in Zurich was that these were actually quite big and well-established companies and institutions who had signed up yes. to to use InvoiceMate. Yes, uh, our first deployment is with the Saudi government entity that is Salik, uh, Saudi Agriculture and Livestock Investment Company. So again, uh, they were using already the state-of-an-art ERP, which is among the world's best. I will not name, but still it's one of the best ERP uh, for their operations. And we uh, they chose us to add value to that existing ERP which they are using. So we are bringing some add-on value to their existing architecture. That's the, uh, the core reason why they're having us. And the other two uh, implementations which we are currently doing are also the large-scale manufacturing companies and uh, trading companies, distributors, because these are the right fit for InvoiceMate as they deal a lot of invoices inflow and outflow is, uh, of the invoice is quite heavy with them. So these are the kind of businesses, distributors, manufacturers, and government entities. They are the very right fit for our product. Well, let me just mention for anyone who isn't familiar with all this, as I wasn't, in fact, uh, that ERP stands for Enterprise uh, Resource Planning Software. And yeah. that is companies like Oracle and SAP and Microsoft Dynamics. Who, who provide existing software and that yours is going to sit on top of that. So 
perhaps you could just tell me what it is that you're going to be able to offer that that those existing uh, companies don't offer at the moment. Yes. So the thing is that we are not competing with the existing ERPs and accounting packages, uh, and we are adding value to them. How we are adding value? First of all, they are the nature of the both softwares are different. We are a vertical focused digital transformation platform, and they are horizontal nature. So we target only invoicing, the inflow of the invoices coming from the vendors and suppliers, and the outflow from the organization to its client. Yes, these things are also taking care in uh, the ERPs and the accounting packages, but they deal them uh, they deal the invoice processing uh, issues in a horizontal way. So they cover, let's suppose, 15 other functionalities in the software. So the focus is not on a vertical or niche base. This as an add-on, like it offers vendor management, invoice creation, invoice submission, invoice reviewing, invoice uh, uh, approvals, and then invoice payments as well. And in next year, we are planning to bring the invoice financing functionality as well. So the whole journey of the invoice will be on this software, which is not available on existing ERPs and accounting packages. So they do provide like two or three bits of the invoice processing uh, in general. Yes, there are some modules. If you buy them extra, again, they are add-on like us, like we are extra to the ERP. And like companies like SAP and Oracle, they also sell add-ons for the vendor management for the invoice processing. So yes, for those add-ons, we are in competition. But where we stand out, we are the world's first ever blockchain-powered invoice management system. And we are not using blockchain for the sake of blockchain, for the sake of trend, no. There is a classic use case of invoice processing uh, on top of the blockchain platform. The reason again, this is a process or workflow which requires a lot of trusted digitization, not just the digitization, trusted one. And blockchain is that enabler. And that is the reason why we have chosen blockchain to give power to our invoice management system. And it's a right fit. And again, organizations are seeing this uh, a missing link in their existing IT architecture, and that's why they are seeing us as a value. Well, I'd like to ask you about the blockchain side of it in a minute, but before we leave ERPs, I just wanted to ask, do your engineers need to have the cooperation of these big ERP providers like Oracle and, and so on, or can they write their software without Oracle or, and the others even knowing anything about it? We need the API exposure. So we connect our integrate invoice mate with their existing uh, uh, like softwares or architecture. So we just need the user kind of API layer. We don't need the backend support from the engineering team of Oracle, SAP, Microsoft Dynamics, or even in some cases, if it is uh, customized uh, or tailor-made uh, ERP or accounting package, we just need that API connectivity between the two. Yeah. And do, By the what, way, invoice made can be used, uh, sorry to add this point, it can be used as a standalone system for invoice management. So yes, we can uh, offer the integration. Uh, out of three current deployments, we are doing one integration-based deployment and two will be using it as a standalone software without 
they are not interested to integrate it with their uh, existing. So it offers a complete invoice journey or invoice management. So they they don't feel uh, to use it with the with the integration of the existing uh, ERPs and accounting packages. Right. So these people who are your customers are sending out invoices to people that owe them money. Do those people need to have your software as well, or do they just pay in the normal way? Sure. So if I explain the user base, like how uh, InvoiceMate can be used, uh, these companies, first of all, are using invoice management software for managing the invoices coming from their suppliers and vendors. That's their primary reason for using InvoiceMate. Yes, within the InvoiceMate, we have also enabled now that they can also send the invoices to their clients as well. But clients are not under their control. If the clients uh, are also using InvoiceMate, then yes, the visibility for them is end-to-end. But in this current scenario, they have a complete visibility from their vendor's perspective or a supplier's perspective. All the invoices they can see when they got submitted. First of all, they can give the app to their vendors and suppliers. This is a big pain point always that accounts payable staff has to do this job. They receive uh, different kinds of invoice uh, formats uh, from the vendors and uh, the suppliers, and they have to filter it in their own system. And that's not the case in InvoiceMate. The app is given or provided to the supplier. They will download it. They will generate the invoice in that app and submit it to our client. And our client will receive it in the format which they want it to be. So the digitization is happening from the very beginning. Other benefit to the supplier using the app of our client is that they can track the reviewing and approving of this uh, uh, like uh, invoice. And they will not be calling to the our client's uh, account payable Again and again, where, what is the status of my invoice? When I'll be receiving the payment of my invoice? That saves around 70% of the workload of accounts payable staff. Well, let's just talk a little bit about the Bitcoin SV side of things. What is it that can be done now that couldn't have been done without the blockchain? I'm happy to compare it with other blockchains as well. Because again, uh, when we started our journey for the the uh, invoice made, we had some other blockchain in our mind, and that was a permission blockchain. So, and it was not like uh, half of our journey till now, like it's one and a half year, we are almost one and a half year old now. So half of our development was done with the permission blockchain integration in our invoice made. Later, we've had discussions with BSV team, and we found out that the real value of using blockchain is using a public blockchain variant. But the problem with the public blockchain variant was that it was not offering so much of a flexibility and ecosystem uh, like uh, issues. For example, if we are offering uh, invoice mate and there will be transactions on the BSV blockchain or any other public blockchain, the CFO of our client will not be like he will not be convinced how much budget he has to put for the transaction fee of a public blockchain. That was a big missing link. So when we had discussions with the BSV team, they were having the solution for this beside their efficiency, beside their scalability factor, uh, bigger block size, beside their like, uh, again, a 
cost effectiveness, which is, I think, probably the best highlight of the BSV when it comes to the enterprise application. But all, beside all these inherent uh, like features, technology features, what they are bringing is the ecosystem. And that ecosystem means like companies like Tal, they are selling the transactions in bulk in fixed amount. So for people who don't know, Tal is a big transaction processor, or they used to be called a miner, uh, but they see transaction processing very much as the future of their business. And that's that's the service they're offering you. Yes. So the business is that they will give us, suppose, let's suppose our client wants 100,000 transactions in a year. So Tal will do an agreement for selling them 100,000 transactions on BSV blockchain at a fixed rate or maybe a fixed time period. So they now are feeling much more comfortable that that's whatever is the price of the transaction, it is decided for a whole year. And they put aside a budget for a one year subscription with us. So that's the another major reason why we are opting the BSV ecosystem, that they are this is not uh, available without any other public blockchain. Right. But as far as your customer is concerned, they're not having to get in touch with Tal and do a kind of deal for the number of transactions they want. That, I think, is going to be done by you. And then the customer just pays you a subscription for the overall service. Is that right? Yes, it is the case that uh, we do that part for our clients. They sometimes even don't know which uh, blockchain we are using. And that's what is a normal uh, case. When you are using internet, generally you are not considering what is happening behind. So all you need is what are the features you are getting out of that internet application. So tech stack for the clients is not important for them to, uh, the important thing is the delivery or the deliverable of that tech stack. One thing I was interested in from your talk in Zurich was that you said that InvoiceMate was going to be able to bring down the time for processing an invoice from 25 days to two days. Well, I was wondering actually what happens during those two days. Why is it not just on the blockchain instantly? What's happening during those two days? Yeah, so exactly when we did our case studies with the clients, how many days generally they are using for their device processing. So it is a workflow. like. For example, if I give you the example, uh, the vendor will submit it to me today as uh, for my company, but my company has a workflow or a procedure to review and approve that invoice. There can be multiple individuals, multiple layers. So there will be multiple reviews, multiple approvals. And then once it is on the stage of a payment, then again, there can be a payment in installment, payment in full, payment in deferred, like three months from now, X, Y, Z. So that is a minimum time, I think, uh, two days of workflow right. to complete the journey of invoice processing. So it's the normal human factors in the end that if yeah. somebody wants to slow something down, you can't stop them doing that, really. Yes. Adding on this uh, question and answer is that if we in future, we can see that there will be more digitization and smart contracts on blockchain can replace the human reviews and approvals as well. So there will be a smart contract already written on the blockchain and everything from the submission to the payment will be happening through that smart contract chain and it will be 
happening on a literally on a real time basis so probably it will take 2 minutes to complete the invoice journey if all the invoice workflow is happening through smart contracts on a blockchain but that's future we are seeing that happening maybe few years from now but not now right now you're based in dubai and you've said that your target market is uh, middle east and south asia and that has meant that you're going to be offering sharia compliance and i just wondered what that actually involves uh, in terms of invoice processing so the first point is about the target market yes we are our initial target market is uh, middle east and south asia and then we also will be expanding ourselves to the uh, beyond middle east and south asia like europe and americas and southeast asia side as well the reason why we are uh, adopt, uh, opting for this uh, sharia compliance uh, factor and especially the middle east and south asia because again uh, you asked what is the connection between uh, sharia compliance and in invoice processing yes for a standard invoice reviewing uh, reviewing and approval no there is no requirement of uh, sharia compliance or islamic laws to be applied on the invoicing tra- invoice transaction but in the next part after a while we will be expanding ourselves to become a liquidity provider or we will be a financing company to finance the invoices so we first in first stage we will be solving their efficiency and trusted workflow problem of the invoice processing and in the second stage which we are assuming by the third quarter of the next year 2022 by this time of the next year we will be able to reach to that point that we will be having our own liquidity pool or we will become our own financing institution and those clients who are using invoice made for invoice processing we can offer them invoice financing facility as well but to start with we want to offer it to uh, on the basis of sharia compliance or with the rules of islamic law so this is the reason why we say we are going to be sharia compliant in our invoice financing facility so from a technical point of view what does that kind of compliance mean Do, are you building another layer of software on top or, or how does it work uh, look when in conventional financing there is a one audit layer that is from the central bank of each country or some regulatory uh, frameworks they have to adhere when it comes to uh, islamic a uh, rule based invoice financing or any other kinds of financing then there a second layer of audit comes into the uh, into the like transaction for example this is the layer which will check the islamic rules the transaction should not be having any kind of interest the transaction should not be have coming or the money flow should not be coming through the means of some prohibited items like liquor like betting like so on so forth there are six or seven items of that so what blockchain powered platform will do again it will digitize that audit layer for the ease for the efficiency and for the trusted workflow so the moment transaction is taking place the audit layer of islamic rules will applied and will say okay this transaction is clean there is no interest involved there is no money coming from the betting organization or from the liquor based or some pork based organized uh, transaction is not happening so this is the reason why uh, the layer of blockchain in this software is far more required 
So, so am I right in thinking that what that really means is that the customer is going to give a declaration on these various aspects and that that will be recorded on the blockchain along with the rest of their information? Yes, and at the same time, for example, if they are doing some transaction and the uh, one company involved is a betting company, so online betting company, and they, they are entering into the transaction, the moment they will enter, with the help of smart contracts in that blockchain, uh, what we are using, so it will immediately trigger that this transaction cannot uh, this transaction cannot take place because it is coming through. If it if it if they are using our Islamic financing facility, if they are using Invoicemate as a software, then no problem. But in case of financing, because the financing means has to be. Sharia compliant. Generally, people call it halal as well. So halal has to be halal. All the halal parameters have have to be adhered. So the with the help of smart contracts on blockchain, the efficiency of the audit will be far easier to do. I see. Thank you. Well, you're based in Dubai. What what does InvoiceMate consist of in in terms of its staff and where they're based and so on? Yeah, we have currently we can say uh, we are in three different countries. Uh, of course, our headquarters is in Dubai, but most of the dev is happening in Pakistan. And uh, third country, which we are like also present as uh, an entity, is Germany. So there we are having one of our founders is uh, having a, a company there. So he is representing the mate soul uh, in that uh, country as well. But in future, of course, when we will be expanding it to the other regions, we will have to expand our teams in different regions as well, especially the delivery shops. So support uh, staff we have to put in different regions as well. Now, you mentioned that you've been working with uh, permissioned blockchains before you got involved with Bitcoin SV. And um, looking on YouTube, I saw that you were one of the experts on a blockchain cruise back in 2018. What was that like? Was it fun? I have been into not just one blockchain cruise, rather I've been into three of their editions. Uh, I took part as a speaker and it was by and large a very, very productive experience uh, because again, uh, imagine four to 500 blockchain uh, specialists are like user base. They are in a very confined uh, area, which is, although the cruise was always very big uh, a place to be in but still you cannot go out especially and it's an event happening for five days on a confined area so it's a i call them a residential event so right. you are like having a networking when you are uh going to bed and uh, like uh, coffee uh, early morning uh, jog in events normally we see people with a formal perspective they offer their formal side but in residential events like blockchain cruise and similarly, so I've been into some other, like Futurama was another uh, event series. I remember they used to have booked the whole uh, hotel venue. To me, it's like uh, sometimes these kind of events, cruises and the residential events, they take things towards fun side more than what they should be. But still, overall, it was a wonderful experience. I had a good net, built a good network and yeah. uh, learned a lot from others as well. I think that perhaps a few years ago, there was a kind of excitement around the whole scene that may have been lost a bit now that it's become a little bit more part of the, the business world. Uh, do you look back on your cruises with uh, nostalgia now? 
yes, you are right that now there are like very conventional kind of uh, blockchain events. Uh, I'm not against this uh, shift as well, because again, now you need to tap the conventional market. If you want to go for a wider adoption of a blockchain, then you need to uh, meet with the conventional business uh, people. And they you will meet in the conventional business settings and conventional events. So beside the user or use of uh, blockchain cruises and such uh, residential and fun events, I think there is a strong need of uh, blockchain ecosystem players to participate in the conventional tech events and conventional uh, business events as well. So I'm happy with the attending and speaking in both types of events. Well, you've actually taken on a new role recently, which will also involve educating people about Bitcoin. And that is as head of the new BSV hub in Dubai, which is the hub for the Middle East, uh, North Africa and South Asia. Um, so what will you be doing in that role? Yeah, glad that you have brought this. Brought this. It's uh, something very close to my heart. I am primarily an educator. Uh, even my arrival to the blockchain ecosystem was uh, as, as an uh, educator. So BSV ecosystem, of course, is um, I'm the head of the first hub, regional hub, which is covering uh, probably the largest uh, population of the world. Uh, we are going to be in uh, from Turkey to India. So it's the largest hub uh, for the BSV. The whole objective is to educate the different sides of uh, ecosystem like developers like academia government and for different reasons for developers of course we want more developers to be using uh, bsv for their uh, blockchain powered uh, softwares and uh, apps uh, for the academia we want them to serve uh, to support their initiatives on blockchain research and then when it comes to the regulators and the government entities we want them to again uh, learn what are the implications of blockchain in the public sector. And at the same time, if we can help them in their regulatory framework for the crypto side. So in totality, it's more of a educational role and uh, the PR role, which I'm very happy to do uh, with the different set of uh, ecosystem uh, stakeholders. I wonder how confident you are really in the whole prospects for Bitcoin SV. Do you think it is all going to work out the way BSV supporters imagine in the end? Yes, to me, the next step is all about adoption, all about like uh, BSV putting into the use. Where is the value of uh, larger block size? Where is the value of ecosystem companies like Enchain and Tal bringing in the supporting ecosystem for adoption? Only when it will get adopted. So government sector using BSV uh, powered applications, uh, public sector, sorry, private sector using it. I think that's the uh, next move for uh, us as a BSV uh, leadership that we believe that only adoption will take us uh, for uh, a better utility. So it's all about adoption. That's terrific. And I think the work that you're doing with InvoiceMate which is working with established businesses and government institutions and so on, is exactly the kind of thing that the Bitcoin Association is going to want to point to, to draw more people into this world. Yeah, and to uh, just to add on this point, as in the beginning I mentioned that we were using uh, some other like a variant of blockchain as well. So I'm a convert 
So I know the value of BSV as a convert. I know the the value not by I'm not following someone to see a BSV growing. I'm basically seeing the technology is the right fit for the enterprise blockchain use cases. So this is I'm not just saying I'm also using in my own software. So when I try to take uh, BSV forward and give my own example, I think that makes far more sense to the people who I'm talking to. That, okay, he was himself was uh, a mission blockchain guy and now he's a sort of a convert and he's seeing the real value of blockchain in the public blockchain variant. So that's, I believe, is the thing which I bring into the pair table that uh, I am a convert from a permission blockchain to a public blockchain. And then, of course, based on the value of uh, BSV, I believe the BSV is uh, the right fit for the enterprise business cases. Ahmed, it's been great talking to you today. Thank you very, very much. It's been incredibly interesting and really good luck with your work with InvoiceMate and with the BA2. And thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure, Charles, and thank you for, again for having me. And thanks everyone for listening to us. And looking forward to bring a lot more good news about uh, the adoption of InvoiceMate and BSV in general. Well, I hope we can catch up with the, the next uh, chapter in the story of uh, InvoiceMate uh, before too long. So thanks sure. again. Bye. Sure. Thanks. Bye bye. Thanks very much indeed to Mohammed Salman Anjum. By the way, if you haven't already booked, please get yourself signed up for CoinGeek's New York conference, which starts on October the 5th for three days. If you can come in person, that would be great. But if you can't, you can watch it all online. Do please get it into your diary. I'll be back next week with another CoinGeek conversation. But until then, thanks very much for listening and have a great week.